0: begin transmission hello everybody It is chris with milton with ben for Outer Rim transmission our weekly star wars talk show discussion we are here this week to talk about some unfortunate news we're going to talk about of course the unfortunate passing of carl weathers but there's also some bright sides of star wars this week as well so we are going to get into all of that this week how are you guys doing what's up ben um good good i've just been just been working out back on the fitness
1: grind and everything and uh just kinda just you know, just doing the day by day normal stuff. Really nothing nothing too crazy as of late.
0: Yeah, man. I've been stepping it up at the gym lately. Um been making some PRs. I've I've really been lackluster the last couple months, if I'm being honest, right? I, I could say even a trainer gets in this You know state of mind where you're just kind of going through the motions sometimes you get kind of going through the motions you get um, Kind of complacent with the workouts and you're like so i made a New Year's resolution to myself like okay I'm actually gonna go tweak the workouts actually really Push myself. I'm in a healthy state right now, where I'm not having any strains or anything like that. And so far, it's been working. So far, it's been working. So yeah, I'll one up you. I'll one up off you on that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's good. It's good. It's good to always be getting into it. I mean, like I know I always uh I always joke around, but I'm like, man, I gotta gotta stay on track because like I get on Instagram and I see. Milton over there working working out on his Instagram, and I like man, he's over there working out hard. I gotta be, I gotta work out hard if I'm another yep. co-host on this podcast. So uh, so yeah, Milton,
2: you're keeping us motivated here. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, listen, I, I, it's look, it's hard, it's, it's not always easy. Trust me, I'm actually going through my own little. Issues at time, too, which I've been trying to step my game up and adjust my workouts because, you know, it's that time of the year mm-hmm. where, quote, unquote, you know how lifters are, just workout people. It's bulk season. And you really aren't always, uh, you aren't always paying attention to your diet the way you should. So I know, like, I'm probably, like, probably 10 pounds overweight than what I normally am. So I'm just trying to get into a good mindset of getting locked in, getting, getting more leaner, getting back to what I was over the summer but I mean, I still feel good. I still feel consistent, yeah. but you know, when you work out consistently and people who are watching this, who understand like how to work out, you get it in your head that you have like these weird things about working out. You're like, Oh, I feel like a piece of trash because I ate an extra piece of cake or I ate a piece of candy. And it's like, oh. you're really not that bad. You're you're actually fairly consistent. It's just, you're just telling yourself why did you do that? You shouldn't have done it. But at the end of the day, if you're consistent, your body will let you know. And Honestly, like right now, I'm just trying to get in a different mindset of getting better, changing up my workouts, tweaking things, which I just got an echelon bike yesterday. So I started riding that really today before I got on the podcast. So just trying to just switch it up, man, and just, you know, get better.
0: That's right. That's right. One, One of these weeks, we'll probably do... You know, what what kind of workout would would this Star Wars character do? I feel right.
2: like we should do like a Star Wars fitness. It'd be, be a fun one to do. Episode. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know I, mean? I would I would not be opposed to that because think about, I mean, the I mean, we can tie it into Star Wars now. Think about what these guys do to prepare for these roles. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's no way. I mean, look, look at Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor doing the prequels. I mean, you see the footage of those guys putting in the grind with their lightsaber duels mm-hmm. and whatnot, and it's like that's not easy. Um, I'm sure their physical training took place, their saber technique took took. I mean, it's a lot. So, well, and then you have to be in shape for that. Well, Milton, like actually, um, this this
1: little um, fitness intro topic ties into my week in Star Wars actually Good. because. So I've actually a yeah, perfect transition there, <laughs> but <laughs> I actually. Uh, so I'm you know I'm continuing to like listen through Visions of the Future which is the second hand of Throne book and you know there's a part where Mara and Luke are um you know they're separated on they're on this planet separate from the you know the other heroes and stuff and they're they're investigating like a uh, like pretty much like a crime syndicate I would say and anyways when they were um they were like in this tunnel and you know they basically had to like hop up on these ledges and support themselves because like there was this big horde of like pretty much like man-eating bugs like swarming through the entire like they're like little tiny bugs but you know you know when you have a big swarm of them it can just like take down one big thick creature so anyways they were like swarming through this cave tunnel and mara and luke were having to like you know they were like supporting themselves like kind of braced at like the top of the tunnel holding each other's hands across the tunnel and you know mara like literally acknowledges luke's physical fitness and and she and she and she like she made like a joke a jab at him she's like hey i thought um." You know, I thought you said, like, Jedi, you know, don't need to be um, physically fit or, you know, train or anything other than what their mind is. And, you know, Luke Luke was like, well, you know, actually, like, you know, through th- these past few years have shown me, like, you know, having some sort of um, physical prowess can be helpful in the field as well, more, you know, j- along with the Force. So, you <laughs> no, know, like, no, they no. kind of acknowledge that, like, you know, Luke, Luke's doing some, hitting the the Jedi gym here and there, I guess. Well, so, I mean, yeah. you know, that was, that was a cool little... A cool little thing like you know just a little nod they're not in there saying hey we're doing this and that but it's cool just hearing them like acknowledge that even though like he's a jedi like hey they're they have to like stay in somewhat shape
2: oh facts it's not even a question i, I mean look i don't ever remember seeing any i mean in nine times fat shame nobody but i haven't seen not any big fat jedis that oh I remember. there are I mean, plenty even, of them huh <laughs> There the are arm. plenty
0: of them, but it isn't legends. So,
2: Hold on, but I'm sure here's the thing
0: I'm the sure older like public
2: Jedi, <laughs> I'm sure, sure they're on the council, not really fighting like uh. that. The only one I remember that was active was uh, the guy with the like the five arms or whatever that fought the clones, but he was, I mean, he wasn't even fat. He was oh, he was a best
0: That was uh,
2: yeah, he was, he was just swole husky, yeah. So, yep. like me, you, you can be somewhat husky, not as fit as a Jedi, but I mean, it does take preparation I mean look you look at any martial artist any kung fu UFC fighter yeah it's a more mental discipline but there's physicality obviously you have to be in somewhat shape to be able to move your body be flexible have quick twitch reflexes you know you got to know how to use your body so hmm. you gotta actually work out come on oh there, yeah there for sure so that was that was kind of like my little week in
1: Star wars it was cool just like uh you know just hearing them acknowledge like hey you know, and it was cool just seeing even that little tidbit, just seeing, like, Luke's character grow. Because back in the Heir to the Empire trilogy, because these books take takes place ten years after that trilogy. Mm, and, yeah. and you know, in that, in that first trilogy, you know, when Luke and Mara are first interacting with each other and whatnot, you know, she had briefly mentioned before, like, physical fitness-related stuff. And, you know, Luke shrugged it off kind of, like, you know, arrogantly, like, hey, I'm a Jedi Master. I don't need... I don't need that stuff, and now, you know, 10 years later, you know, after Luke has dealt with a bunch of other stuff throughout this time period, you know, now
2: he acknowledges yeah, actually, you know, hitting the gym is probably a good thing, too. Yeah. And can be eating Twinkies and Ho-Ho's and still be a Jedi Master. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on,
0: though. <dog. laughs> oh, man. I, I don't got anything this week unless you do, Milton.
2: Um, Honestly, not really this week, Star Wars related. I, I mean, I think the next... Thing will be for me to sit down with with the girlfriend and watch uh the rise of skywalker and get that update for you guys oh actually no it's funny just yesterday now, now that I think about her yesterday she called me because she was in new jersey visiting her sister oh okay and her brother her brother-in-law when i called was like talking about like the sequel movies and because he's he's the same way like us he's really not into them. and he went into this whole spiel and i can just see her face the whole time she's like oh my god like what the hell am I doing with you? Like, she's calling me to talk to me, but I'm talking to the brother in law the whole time about Star Wars. <laughs> like, literally, yeah, we're having a full conversation. We're like, oh, yeah, great. blah, blah, blah. But it's cool, though, that you can literally just connect with anybody throughout the country, whether it's on a FaceTime, Zoom meeting, or YouTube, just talk yeah. Star Wars, how much people love their yeah. brand. Like, that's I mean, something yeah. right there.
0: Yeah, that's great. It, it, it is the connection for a lot of people. I I wouldn't have half the friends I have right now if, if we didn't first talk about Star Wars, because that's usually how it goes. Right. It's like somehow somebody says to another person, like, oh, you got to talk to me about Star Wars. This, you got to talk to this guy, Chris, about Star Wars. He knows it all. and then Or at least a lot of it. And, and the next thing you know, they'll be like, and then we'll be good friends after that. It's always the, the focal point is the Star Wars, and that gets us to, like converse and then we talk about other things they're like yeah we're, we're pretty good buds now after that it's all because of star yeah, wars yeah. No, it's
2: like that it, you know it's facts it's like that with like me with like wrestling mm-hmm. uh or like not, like because again i'm a power ranger head as a child oh. and even as an yep. adult you know I'm, I'm og but like even like when people come to my office at my job like i have um i have a star wars like i think like picture somewhere displayed in my office i have like a wrestling picture of hulk hogan and andre the giant facing each other and I'll older adults will walk in my office and be like, "Oh, you're a wrestling fan? Oh, yeah, yeah. You like Star Wars? Yep." Yeah. And we talk, we <laughs> shoot the shit for like five or ten minutes about that. And nice. again, I'm there to do work, but like it's cool that you can break down those walls yep. in a professional setting and talk about something that, generate that spans over generations.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Again, having those those things in the office. I was just listening to the Geek Sack, my buddy. Uh, Matthew Wilson and he was mentioning he t- he's a big legends guy and he's been a collector of the expanded uh, the essential legends collection which I have a few of them mm-hmm. they're on my bookshelf behind me but they have he was mentioning like they have really good nice spines when you put them on a bookshelf they're all uniform they have a really cool design between all the legends book all look uniform and he was like yeah these are good for my office and like people come in and see them and it's like so it's the same sort of thing right it's, it's a good talking point a good way to take down barriers it's a good way to Make yourself unique in, in an otherwise drab, like, plain-looking office. It's like, hey, here's my personality. This is this is what I like, you know?
2: Oh, facts. I mean, without even question, because I know... I don't know. Like, look, I know I'm 36 years old, and, and, and I'm into, like, still, like, comics and stuff like that when I do get a chance to read them. But, like, to me, that's what we grew up on. And it's mm-hmm. not like I'm one of those nerds where all my life is comics, games, whatnot. I'm very much an adult in the sense of how I lo- run my life, but it's okay to still go revert back to some of your stuff you grew up with just because like that's your first early memories in life. That's how you got through stuff. That's how Mm -hmm. you was able to develop your brain in a sense of seeing the world, how people would connect. You learn like what stuff meant through like things that you liked as a child. So, and then when I talk to people that are older than me that I'm talking about 20 years plus that see that stuff, they're like, Oh, I remember that too. I remember Mm -hmm. being at, You know, the theater in 1977 when Star Wars came out. Oh, I remember being at the theater when Empire Strikes Backs came out in 83 or or uh, or not 83, 1980 and Jedi came out in 83. Again, I wasn't even born yet until 87. So Mm -hmm. hearing those stories about how those movies impacted them when they were children. And it's like, oh, my God, we're very much the same in the sense of how those movies impacted me in 1997 when I first started watching when I was 10. So it's like okay that that's a cool correlation and that's a great way to circle back.
1: Uh-huh. To how, like, oh this
2: yeah. is just, this isn't just for me it's a generational thing for people older than me my current and also kids down the road that are younger. So
1: oh yeah Milton well that's like that's like uh, it it's great seeing Star Wars like crossover you know that many people like even you know like you and me are on Instagram quite a bit, I would say, and like you know, you you always see all those nostalgic things on there. And like a, a few days back, I was scrolling through there, and that it was one of those throwback pages to like the late '90s, early 2000s. And it mm. had a, it had a, it had one of the little intro, had one of the little nightly commercials from Toonami, which was Cartoon oh. Network's, you know, yeah, um, nightly Toonami programming. Card. And and it and it, the cool thing about it was it was so awesome because it had it was like a little intro. It had um, Tom the host talking. Yep. And you know, oh, and oh, then it, you. It, and, it, and it yeah, and it showed a clip of um Anakin when he was fighting Ventress in the Tartakovsky Clone oh, Wars. Yeah. It was like up next at nine o'clock. Gendi <laughs> Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. Blah blah oh. blah. And I was like, oh man, that's awesome. And the cool thing is, I clicked on it because it had like five hundred comments, and like. I would say probably good 50% of them were all like, oh my gosh, I missed that old Clone Wars, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, all these people talking about it. And it's like, it's cool seeing people even like look back, you know, just seeing those type of like throwback pages and people are still like saying, oh yeah, I love those days of Star Wars or like, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's just it's cool seeing like Star Wars like crossover like that many on um, people and even social media platforms really.
0: Yeah, yeah, we got we got Dan Grievous in the chat. Hey, welcome, buddy! It's good to see you on here, all the way from Bulgaria, dude. I don't even know what time it is over on the other side of the world, but appreciate it. He's like, woo! Those old promos go hard. The 2003 oh, yeah. Clone Wars made me fall in love with Star Wars. I know he's a huge Separatist fan over there, so Separatist CIS represent. <laughs>
2: Hey, there we go. Wait, what, where's, where, where's he from? What country? He's, he's from Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Yeah. Oh wow, that's me. What's that's, up, bro. Me, me and him is gonna be not, like, a, yeah, late. Yeah,
0: yeah. He just, he goes you know, all the celebrations. Share, share, yeah.
2: Share this podcast with all your friends over there, man. Like, <laughs> if y'all, if I don't know what time it is over there, you right? Because I assume it's like super early. But share this with your people. You know, it's a good community to be a part of. I mean, we we're all in our 30s. I am assuming he's probably the same age as us. Like, we just love talking <laughs> about these old like this tsunami used to hit as the kids say it slaps yeah you know i'm saying that shit is fire
0: yeah yeah me, me and dan go back a ways we, we've met at celebration numerous celebrations it's actually 2 30 over there
2: 2 <laughs> so. 30 in the morning i was yeah. gonna say i just checked <laughs> I, I, dude you know what i'm saying i wouldn't even know but now hey, you're right those two promos bro oh
1: hey that's that's fire though shout out to dan for listening to us at 2 30 in the morning
0: Yeah, so so there you have it. You guys can also join us live every every week. I'll say that because next week we're we're still figuring out our logistics because we're not gonna try to compete with the Super Bowl. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) So we might do something at another time, but I will let you everybody know on social. So follow me at Star Raptor. And I will let you guys know. Um, But we usually go live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern around there. Um, We also have this available to listen after the fact on any podcast streaming service, whether it be Spotify, Apple, or more. Again, please give us a like on this video. Please give us a rate on any of your podcast streaming services so it helps spread the word that Outer Rim Transmission is fostering a positive Star Wars community here. And we would love to see you guys in the chat just like Dan. It's really fun being able to communicate on a fast basis like this but getting into it the housekeeping is over we have a single comic that came out this week and it is a big one and that is the dr afra series has concluded for for volume two but she's coming back she's not dead she is alive spoilers so we'll be seeing her again whether it is hopefully in something other than a comic i would love to see her you know make the transition to uh the screen of some degree whether it be video games animated live action series or even a movie someday let's let's keep pushing for that because she has awesome stories really good representation really good stuff there so me and matthew nugebauer from the tractor beam show we go live every wednesday you can check us out over on the star wars underworld we have a really cool show coming up for you guys this wednesday we're going to be having the author the writer ethan sachs from the just concluded bounty hunter series who is just starting his work up on the jango fett upcoming series he's going to be there to talk with us about everything comics and more so very much looking forward to that and again that will be at 9 p.m this upcoming Wednesday on the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel, so make sure you go ahead and subscribe over there, after you subscribe to this channel, of course, if you haven't already. But, with that being said, speaking of comics, we got a new comic announcement. Last week we were talking about Darth Maul, now this week we're talking about Ahsoka, because now that's being adapted from the live action series that just concluded. We are getting that in comic book form. Uh, this is also being written, just like the rest of the comic adaptations, this one is being written. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, I'm looking for the writer. Should have pulled this up a minute ago. But anyway, the cover issue, the cover art is by David Nakayama. Uh, I'm looking for... Oh, yes. See, it's, We have Rodney Barnes. Rodney Barnes with pencils by Stephen Cummings and... Jorge Jonti. So yeah, if you guys know what to expect from the Mandalorian comics, then I expect this will be just like the same, right? This is just the on the book representation of what happened on the screen. There's no interstitial content. There's no before and after as much as I would like it to be like the Rogue One adaptation from Jody Hauser, It is not that. So look for that coming soon to your store shelves, I believe in April, that'll be out. I mean, the covers always look great on these things. I'm amazed by the great cover work. So even if you just collect them for that, I think it's worth it. And uh, that might... No, it's not going to be a first appearance in Grand Admiral Thrawn, because he got his whole miniseries. So Morgan Elsbeth. No, she was already in... I'm just talking to myself... Oh, this will be the first appearance of Balin's skull. So there might be a reason to collect issue number one at the very least, which I'm assuming will be getting a nice price bump um so yeah that that's enough of me talking about everything coming out but um i you know this is not something any of us would have expected um but we did get the announcement i believe it was on friday night about carl weathers passing away at the age of 76 in his sleep um i i mean everybody was just i i I was looking on twitter you know big um sounding horn for a lot of lot of things and just so many pleasant experiences people were just you know remembering this really great actor really great guy i've seen this guy at multiple star wars celebrations and every time he seems like the most genuine guy that is just happy to be there. He's happy to be with the fans. And again, none of these people are ever having to do this thing. And he would be the per- person that would actually do photo ops and he would do the autographs. Like he wouldn't just come for the five minute, like, oh, I'm going to be in the panel and then go right home. Like he would spend the whole weekend there. I've seen so many pictures over the last couple days of just people getting, you know, photo ops with him and just an overall great guy. Um, throw it over to Milton. Um, Let's we'll talk about just this this great actor in general
2: uh yeah i mean look i think carl weathers is one of the one of the unspoken great actors you know of this generation just because i mean we all know him from originally his rocky series um mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't realize that he actually was a former nfl f- yeah. football player who played in the league for about one or two years for uh the great john madden for the Raiders. Um, got cut and you know transitioned into acting, which he got a degree from San Diego State mm. in acting. So and he had a master's, I like think, at one point too. So he's a very intelligent guy. He's a he's a character actor. Um, he he was very much underrated in my opinion, and I think as he've gotten more, as he's gotten older, and people were starting to really see him perform, I think they started to appreciate his work. I think people are seeing that now. Um, he yeah, it's sad. I mean, I, I was shocked because I never thought that I would see Carl Weathers pass away anytime soon. He looks mm. well, he's 70 something when he passed. He looks healthy. Yeah. He looks more fit than probably most people that I know in their 30s. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, he's he was the iconic uh, Apollo Creed in the Rockies franchise. He was uh that Chubbs in the Happy Gilmore was the Happy Gilmore movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a great actor in those roles, but I think when it comes to specifically for people of color, black people, I mean, talking about me in, in particular, he was an icon when it comes to black actors and, and, and people of color to see him in these roles. And he was one that, you know, was was part of that Hollywood, you know, um, I guess royalty in the sense of people of color being an actor. So I really appreciated seeing him um, in that role. So, and it's just sad just because he was a great actor. And obviously for him to transition into Star Wars, I never would have saw that. Like, mm. wow, Carl Weathers, Star Wars, and he fit in great. It wasn't even like, yeah. oh, this took me out of it. It's like, oh no, he's grief Karga. You know, he played the role well. He if he was built to be that character, so it is sad for Star Wars. And I don't. I mean, you might know this better than not I do, Chris, or even you, Ben. But I don't know. Did they already start? Did they already start filming Mandalorian season four or like the movie? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: they haven't. I haven't heard anything. It's supposed to film this year. So, yeah, so i, I think they're
2: going to have to figure out a way to write him out with his passing hmm. which i mean i'm sure that's going to be pretty solid as much as they don't want to do it they can figure out an easy way to do it but it's unfortunate we won't get him in star wars anymore it's sad that we lost um an icon when it comes to cinema when mm. it comes to black history uh, i'm sure his family's grieving at this moment so shout out to them but at the, at the end of the day he was it was peaceful the way he passed and yeah. they, just, they said he passed him free, yeah so um it's sad but then it's also we got to celebrate it because you know we, let's let's celebrate the good that he did too mm-hmm. um and i actually just watched the video of him talking about being a working actor he wanted to be a working actor and he was a working actor he was iconically never missed because he was always available he was always around people knew his face they knew how he was so i think that's his legacy of being a working actor that people recognize that people say hey this guy put in the work, he put in the grind, he didn't cheat it, and you can clearly see it in his work. So Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think um, you know, I, I can echo all those sentiments like from you, Milton. Like, you know, he's he was definitely like an icon. Like he had so many so many great roles. He always he always brought that screen presence, I felt like, whether it be and Rocky or Happy Ilmore or, of course, The Mandalorian, you know, as we all know him as of late. Um, and, like, he just, he was, you know, he was just one of those relatable actors. Like, even though we've, not, you know, us three, never met him in person. But, like, you know, there's some actors that you could just see, like, it just seems like you could, like, go up and talk to him. Like, he seems like he was, like, a real friendly person. You know, like you mentioned, Chris, he was doing all those fan-related things. So, like, you know, you have that to consider with him. And then, of course, um, you know, when I saw his... Passing, and then like you know, when I saw like when he um when he had like left the Raiders in like you know like I believe it was seventy or seventy one, um you know an interesting thing that came to mind around then was he must have been um he was in that early wave, you know of African American actors like getting integrated and whatnot into Hollywood because at the same time um a couple of years prior you know Jim Brown the Browns legendary running back he he uh he made the transition to acting as well and. You know, so you have you had during that time period you had like several, you know, former athletes like that getting into movie roles. So it was cool right. just seeing I'll say you know, the
2: difference with that though, Jim Brown was I mean, he's in my opinion, the greatest running back ever and he transitioned into like I mean, big hits yeah. right well, yeah, away. He, he, yeah, like, yeah. I mean
1: he, he was able to to do because, you know, he was able to I would say transition right. over to Hollywood easier because of that star power and yeah. stuff, you know. And I, and
2: I think I, I think that helped Carl Weathers uh yep. I mean transition too but continue i'm sorry to interrupt oh no no you're fine um yeah
1: so like it's that that's something that came to my mind when i when i saw that nfl that he was you know part of the nfl brotherhood as well because it's like oh that's cool just seeing like you know that same time period you have jim brown you have carl weathers you have these these actors like coming into hollywood and breaking into it and like you know really making an impact and whatnot like you know obviously like carl weathers you know he was one of the earlier like African-American actors in Hollywood, Jim Brown, you know, for he was like the first interracial couple on screen. Like, you know, you have these actors like getting into things um, in that time period. So like, it was great seeing Carl Weathers, like spearhead that especially like obviously Jim Brown had his fame, but like, you know, Carl Weathers, the Rocky franchise that, you know, on screen that was bigger. That was like one of the biggest, most iconic franchises in history. Like other than like our main, like, you know, box office things like star Wars or whatever. But, like, Rocky is right up there as, like, some of the most iconic things. I mean, heck, look at every – I mean, I would say almost every Eagles home game, Milton, on the broadcast, they mention the Rocky franchise, basically, almost every game because it's so iconic and so synonymous. um, Dude, every game I've been
2: to, every game, when they start the pregame, like, kickoff, they play play the montage of whenever – you know how Rocky is, like, They'll say they'll start the montage music and they play the clip before that, and he, he says, "When," and they hear the bell. Oh, dude, I get goosebumps every time. And, yeah. they, and they hit the bell and that montage kicks in, like Rocky. Again, Apollo Carl Weathers made that franchise just as much as Sylvester Stallone did. Yep. So it's like it's it's iconic. But yeah, I'm getting goosebumps talking about that right now because I love going to those games as a huge Eagles fan. But yeah. oh yeah, I yeah. think yeah. I think
1: uh, I, I think that's something big to consider with him. Um, and then I would say also just to say more on point or, um, you know, more like, say, the Star Wars realm, even like he's done such a good job of, I would say, carving out a niche character for himself. Like he he definitely is our like new age Lando, you know, like I would say, mm-hmm. like he's he is the new Lando character, not even because he's um, African-American. I feel like it's, you know, obviously, like there's that similarity there. He's but like I the think it's along guy. the lines of, you know, he's that scoundrel but he's also, like, the charming, loving type person. Like, you know, you you like him instantly as soon as you see him. And then even some of his interactions, like, you know, going clear back to season one of of Mando. His, inter- his interactions with Grogu and stuff were just so great. And, like, you know, just those type of things, on-screen things, um, I felt like were really, really good with him. And also, like, he's one of the few actors, I feel like, that showed such good leadership through, like, the rocky times of no pun intended but through the rocky times of some of the star wars fandom like you know you have like different star wars controversies whether it be like like stuff with gina or stuff with fans or whatever and like you know carl weathers is always out there talking like hey like you know he's he's always like kind of like directing fans kind of back toward the more positive radio, um more positive side of things which is good because, you know, a lot of Star Wars actors either just don't comment or they just kind of, you know, fuel the fire. And it was great seeing, like, mm. the way Carl Weathers did things, like, social media-wise. Yeah. Like, he was always trying to bring people together than drive mm-hmm. people apart.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Predator. I mean, opposite uh, acting opposite oh, yes, of Arnold of Schwarzenegger. Like, the classic... You know, bicep bulging, handshake, all that good '80s there's a, you know, iconography, there's right? A,
2: like, there's he, he. There's another role that I think you guys probably don't even know, but there's a very particular role in Black communities that he played called Action Jackson. The the, the action Action Jackson role that he played was kind of like the Black James Bond for us. Mm. Mm. Like, I mean, that's that that was a
1: NAACP
2: nominated, you know, movie. It wasn't something that was mainstream, but to Black America, if you mention Axon Jackson, they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, fire!" It's kind of like Shaft, oh, okay. uh, like that role. So like to me, that's why I keep talking about the the relevance of him transitioning into Star Wars, but how Black America still appreciates him because he's able to mainstream into that pop, that 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 role, but, but also tie back to, "Oh my God, he's one of us!" Like he mm. was still rocking with. You know, that genre, which is like what we love growing up. So again, Predator's Dope, Rocky, Axon Jackson, like in all his little iconic roles, you know, he's all the stuff he did with Adam Sandler.
0: Yeah. I mean,
2: it's just I don't know, man. I just I just love the guy. Like he's always been one of those guys that I looked up to as as, as an actor, but also someone who's like, Okay, this is how you do it, it's how you be a professional. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, it comes to doing a job. I,
1: I do think we also have to mention as well, along with his acting, um his acting um, work we have to mention his directorial work as well because yeah. like you know him his episodes he's he's directed in the mandalorian like i remember when they first said carl weathers was directing an episode of mando i was like "Ooh, this could either go really good or really bad because you don't know how an actor's because that i think that was his debut or it might have been only his like maybe his second like big you know his second thing like it was it was early on i would say in his like you know creative Uh, Like, or I guess, directing, directorial side of things. So, like, when when they said he was directing something, I was like, oh man, this could be interesting because you know you don't know what to expect from an someone you know. That's like taking just another actor, you know, any other actor and saying, hey, direct something. And especially with it being the Star Wars franchise, it's like, ooh, wonder how this is going to be. And then his episode turned out really good. It was a good action-packed episode. Um, You know, remember that was the episode where. You know, uh, you had, you had them, uh, like, pretty much in, like, the car chase and all that stuff in Mando, and you had, uh, you know, that was the one with, like, Dr. Pershing, and, um, like, the implications of kind of, like, implying toward, toward maybe some of the Snoke stuff, because, you know, we saw, like, the cloning tanks in that episode, so like, it's, uh, that was a pretty good episode, I would say, that he directed. And like, I remember, like when we when we watched it and reviewed it at that time, it was like, oh yeah, this was a good surprise. Like, you know, it showed that he had directorial skills and not just acting skills.
0: Yeah, i I want to bring this to attention. Um, this is probably the best representation I've seen of somebody explaining on a personal one to one of how Carl Weathers affected him. And that's with Gina Carano. She put out a long post on on Twitter X and about how he was really able to get her as a director, as an actor. They're both cut from the same cloth, right? She came from, what was it, MMA or something? Boxing, something yep. like And so she was in the same mindset, like him coming from sports, her coming from sports, her trying to figure out how to be in this high caliber role that is going to change her life. And Carl Weathers was there for her while she was acting, but also after she was fired. She talks about this straight up on her Twitter. You know, Carl called me directly directly after I was fired. I wasn't in an emotional state where I could pick up the phone because of how upset I was. But we did end up speaking later on. He was gentle and encouraging and didn't want me to give up. He was letting me know that he wasn't throwing me away. He was trying to keep my hope alive in what seemed like quite a hopeless situation he showed me he cared. That is who he was, and, and this goes on. It's a very long post, yeah. but very heartfelt. And that's just one example of this guy. No matter what, he's he's there for his people, and well, I th- it really just shows you how good of a kind-hearted guy this guy, you know, he was. Well,
1: I think to throw in there, um, you know, when you're when you're talking about her, that's like, that's like one of the biggest, um, like obviously, like you know, you you know, respecting Carl Weathers for all he's done in his career and everything. But, like, when, you know, when like I mentioned before, when Gina was going through all of her uh, stuff through social media, you know, we don't have to rehash all that. But, like, you know, when she was going through all of that stuff, I think one of the biggest things that made me, like, really respect Carl Weathers, like, say, off the the silver screen, per se, like, outside of, you know, filmmaking, was when he, you know, he said at, like, Comic-Con or one of the conventions, like, hey, you know, just because like, I don't agree with like Gina's politics doesn't mean I'm not going to treat her like any differently when we're working together or anything. Like I'm still going to treat her like a good person. I'm still going to be nice to her, et cetera. Like, you know, that's awesome because, you know, with, with the climates of politics and things nowadays, you know, most people will be like, Oh no, you're like this type of person, not going to like you. So like, that was like major respect to Carl Weathers for like, you know, just setting that aside. Like who cares? Like just be a normal person. Like you don't have to like, you know, judge someone just based on political views and stuff. So it was, it was like really like a big respect earning moment. I think for me, like where I was like, dang, that guy's definitely like an actual, just good dude. Like who's not just, you know, just a Hollywood snob. So it was, it was cool just hearing him talk like that.
2: No, I, I agree. And I think that ties into like having real friends in this business. You know, I'm, I'm sure Holly, we all know Hollywood's very fake. In a sense of how people perceive their lives and whatnot i'm sure it's very rare to find actual real friends or people that you can trust in that business just like anything we do in life but especially in that cutthroat type of environment and for him to say hey yeah i i I may not agree with what she's saying but you know what she's still a human being it's someone she's still part of my family of actors and star wars and i'm going to support her you know yeah we may have a talk about stuff off camera but i'm still gonna like show you know solidarity and i think people need to take example of that i mean that's someone that you should be i wouldn't per se look up to but at least take an example of you know someone who's saying hey it it don't have to be about politics it's got to be about how i treat people and respect people and Mm. i think that's what i strive to be when it comes to how i live my life i cannot like what you're doing in your personal life or in your political life or whatnot but if if you respect me i'm respect you you know, we may have to work together someday. I'm gonna still try to value the, the skills that you bring to the table and value value you as a person. Um so I, I think that's great that Carl Weathers show that type of character and show that 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 mm. that fortitude to be like, hey, you know what, this may not be popular to say, but I'm gonna support someone as part of this Star Wars family. Because again, it comes down to this is a community, this is a family, we gotta support each other. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, kind of ending this discussion on a, on a higher, note, a more optimistic note. Um, what are some of our favorite moments of, of specifically with Star Wars? Since this is a Star Wars podcast, I, I put out mm-hmm. the call to arms for you guys. To be like, oh, favorite favorite moments of grief carga. I'll, I'll start it off. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like this could be your guys as well. It's one of those more famous ones. Uh, you know, at the you know, do the way do the magic hand thing, baby. You know, like that was um. the way that he actually like just. It says what everybody in the audience would say of all watching. It's like this meta moment where it's like, "Yeah, baby, do the you know." He's calling it "baby," like "baby Yoda." We didn't even know his name was Grogu at the time. Everybody just called "baby Yoda," "baby Yoda," and it was just funny how he just delivered the line, you know, "wave the magic hand," you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely one of his
1: um, uh, like great great moments. Like I I, I definitely had a good laugh out of out of that. And like you said it was like kind of like real meta kind of, you know, crossing the lens um into like the real world of us doing it. And like um that's one of the best ones, but for me, I would say like 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 see some of the best things I think with Star Wars that's came out of Star Wars since the in- the invention of social media is just like memes and stuff, like memes that give you a good laugh. And like man I don't know how many times I've seen like the, Hey Mando, Hey Mando, Hey Mando, yeah. like memes and gifts. And they just always give me such a good laugh. Cause it's like, he, just the way Carl Weathers delivered those, like the way he said Mando was just such like, you know, just really brought like the kick. Um, so like, I always loved how, like, you know, he said that, um, and you know, it turned into like different gifs and memes and stuff. And, you know, that's. That's one of the best parts about Star Wars that I think a lot of people forget, too, is like, hey, you know, we love this stuff. Like, you should be able to laugh and have a good time with it. Like, it doesn't all have to be, like, serious 24-7. So, um, it was always great, like, you know, just getting that, like, hey, Mando line from because
0: we heard him times. Oh, yeah. Milton?
2: Yeah, I, I to me, it's his, uh, his introduction in the first mm. episode, just because yep. how he set the tone. Like, that... If, if we don't get that set up to the job that Mando had to do and how he set that up for that character and said, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a big, what'd he say? It was a big client. And he, he tried to give him some small jobs at first, but he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I got a big one for you. So you can clearly see he was kind of be trying to be a scumbag, but also like with wholesome information and Mando wasn't trying to hear that, but um, no, his, his introduction into the series. I mean, to me, that's iconic just because, it's a character that we've never seen. It's an actor that we never thought would be in this type of a role. And he played it so well. He was seamless. That's yep. the thing. He made it feel like, oh, this character's been around for a while. He, ha- he is part of Star Wars. And I, it made me feel like Carl Weathers, like to me, I appreciated that because, like, okay, he can do a lot more than just what he was doing before. Like, this is a different realm of filmmaking, of, of acting. I was like, okay, like and, and it, it works for me. So anytime I see that first season of Mando and he's mm. in it, I'm I, I love it. Oh, I do yeah. think
1: um it's worth the mention as well in Mando season three when he's like in the in the town when those uh when those people come, like when yeah, he's when he's having his droids with the yeah. cape, it's great. It's cool they showed him how you know still quick of a draw he was with his yeah. blaster. Like I think that was such I... a cool scene. Like that was such a surprise to me. Like I don't know, I guess, you know, we saw Lando in action, we've seen other older type of characters, like, you know, we saw Lando kind of rise in action, we've seen like, um, obviously like Ben Kenobi and some older older folks in action before, but like just how quick of a draw they still made Grief Karga in Mando season 3 was really impressive because I remember when, you know, watching that, sure there were major issues with season 3 of Mando, but like, you know, when you watch that scene, like, isolated, it's like, dang like, this guy can still, like you know, be a quick gunslinger in the galaxy.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, just looking at his story arc, his character arc as a whole, I absolutely loved how he starts off in one place and he ends up in a completely other place, right? Yeah, he's still in Navarro, but he started off as the guy that was coordinating bounty hunters. Next thing you know, we see him, you know, he he's turning into Leaf, right? He was going to, he was turning Mando in. This was a bad dude in the beginning. He was trying to turn Mando in. He's a bad guy. And halfway through, and he ends up getting a heart because of Grogu. And then next season, he's, he's, you know, fixed up the town. He started a freaking school for crying out loud. Then he becomes a magistrate with these droids holding his cape around. And he is, you know, and we see him at the end. I think it's very fitting. It's like the second to last scene in Mando season three. And it's kind of a fitting conclusion to him, right? Like, like they could leave off the story pretty well where it is right now. Right? Like, okay. His, his town is completely safe. And he gave Mando and Grogu a place to live, and he congratulates. So you know, I like where his story has gone. Yeah, of course, I want to see more of this. Of course, but I think it's, right. I think it's a good fitting place where it is now. But you know, for sure, for and sure. Really, I, yeah.
2: I about to say, and honestly, if, if I would, if I was Dave Filoni, I mean, look, the easy answer I think fans would say. Well, just, just recast them, just recast them, which, again, they, they could. You know, like, no no one owns this character except for, like, the corporation itself. Um, I mean, what they could probably do if they wanted to move forward is say, hey, he's still around, but we're not going to really go to Navarro. We're going to want to stay away from the planet for a little bit, you know, and then go do other adventures. And let's say in passing, let's say in two seasons from now, or even in the movie, oh, hey, uh, Grief cargo passed away off scene, something happened, blah, blah, whatever. I mean, they can do it like that, but. um. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to—I wouldn't say write him out, but just say acknowledge him. Like, hey, he's around. It's just you won't see him because he's oh, busy yeah. doing. stuff. Oh yeah, I
1: think I think they could, um, like, with him. Just to not to contrast like characters that have passed too much, but like the Ray Stevenson issue is a completely different animal. Just because you know, right. like that's that's not even mid-story. That's early story. But like this one, though, like like you like you both mentioned, the way they like ended with. With Grief Karga, I mean, heck, you know, like we've all said, the way Mando season three ends, you could just kind of cut the show there. So, like, like they, like you said, Milton, they don't even really have to go back to Navarro. So they mm. can kind of just let it go, maybe not mention him anymore. Or, like you said, mention if he passes away, or even just be like, um, like I don't know, maybe have like Carson Teva like mention to Mando and you know, and something like, hey, you know, should we get a hold of grief? Blah blah blah, and then Mando be like, "Oh no, he he's off, he retired, and you know he's yeah. he's done with the fight or something or another." Like, you know, they could easily just like throw in a line like that, and then you know it it um it's good to go. And you know, we've already seen it work in this show because look in the first episode of Mando season three, they mentioned Cara Dunes out on some Rebel recon mission or something somewhere, and she's wrote out of the show. So like, you know, you can do it real simply with just a quick line and it answers questions. You know, it moves on. Yeah. And I think, I think right. they will find a smart way to do it though. Um, just because, yeah, especially, and especially with him being such a big character.
2: Right. Yeah, here's the thing about Kara Dune too. And and this is, this isn't a Kara Dune pot episode, but yeah, they, they could easily bring her back with Gina Carano. Cause let's be real here. I have seen plenty of actors who've said or done worse that have been rehired To buy the same company hell look at james gunn for example okay oh yeah yeah he was quote unquote fired by marvel and then they brought him back to do uh the last movie for guardians and now he's ahead of dc so (laughs) and he made comments 10 years ago about whatever he said but you can easily bring her back i just want to just make sure that hey let's not forget about Kara because i still love that character and i think carl weathers words about her really is a huge impact of like hey all can be forgiven. Let's move on. You know, people say things, but once again, I think we need to remember how he still had her back and how hopefully Disney and Lucasfilm can say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we need to separate from her a little bit. Let's bring her back. Let's 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 take a page from Carl Weathers." Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, we got we got to I don't want to say too much about about the future of this character because it's still fresh for a lot of people. Um, you know, after his passing, so, so you know, we'll get we'll get more into speculation on, on another podcast about. Yep. about grief cargo and all but um just kind of chiming in with the chat here everybody's you know saying their experiences with with carl weathers we got chris forsyth it was literally he asked them a question like last year at a panel um mm-hmm. i would like to know what nice. the question was man um and then we mm-hmm. also have dan grievous grief carga is one of the best parts of the mandalorian i adore what lucasfilm did with this character so there's so much heartfelt Praise given out to this character, people, and this actor, people just really, really loved them Um, so we're sad to see you go. Um, but yeah. you know, we again we wish uh condolences to the family, and I, I'm at least he died peacefully in his sleep, he wasn't in pain. Oh, no, you yeah. know. I
2: mean, that's and that's the thing though, too. Like, we can't, like, that's what's important though, like, is, is that he was able to pass in a peaceful manner. You know, we can't, we can't forget about the family because it's easy for us to come up here and just talk about the Star Wars element mm-hmm. of what he meant mm-hmm. to the family. And, and again, that's, and I understand that because that's how we know a lot of these characters and actors, you know, through their work. Um, but we have to forget that, well, we, we can't forget that this was a human being that had a family. And mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, I would love to say if a family member was watching us talk right now, hopefully they're saying, hey, you know what though? These guys, they, they, they love my dad as an actor they loved him as a character actor within star wars we we we, we see that they are respecting his legacy and that they, they understand that hey we're hurting too and we're just trying to put some positive information out there mm. about this, this this guy and just say hopefully people can go back to appreciate his other work besides star wars so yeah
0: there you go i couldn't have said it better than that and i can't really say very easily from that discussion but We're going to just jump into a cold. So we just got news that Star Wars won a Grammy, everybody. I know. Huh? Yeah, that's a music award. So Jedi Survivor has claimed the best soundtrack. uh, What what was Let me see. A best score soundtrack for video games and other interactive media. Star Wars Jedi Survivor composers Stephen Barton and Gordy Hobb. So there you have it. They had some stiff competition too they were up against call of duty modern warfare 2 god of war ragnarok hogwarts legacy which had an amazing soundtrack by the way and some other game called stray gods the role playing musical so this was not and i did my research real quick this was not the first time star wars won a grammy they won a grammy john williams did specifically for the galaxy's edge um theme park the theme park music. <laughs> I would have never guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I so that. I can't say it's the first win, but it is pretty cool to see that they actually won something. And they've been nominated so many times for Emmys, uh, so many times for like the technical awards in the Oscars. And I believe this is the first time this category was even introduced <laughs> and they won oh, it off man. the bat. So, Props and praise goes to everybody, those two composers. And I believe those composers, at least I think it's maybe Stephen, is actually the one that's involved with the Indiana Jones game coming out. Indiana Jones and the Great Circle this year, which if you've not watched that trailer, watch it, because that looks better than the last two Indiana Jones, and it's a video game. So, <laughs> and that soundtrack kicked butt. But anyway, yeah, just, yeah, this is awesome because I, i believe i'm the only one out of you you two that have played the game but i mean this this game the music is part of of the dna of the game and what i mean by that Mm -hmm. is there are scenes that you know removing the music eh, they definitely wouldn't hit me as hard as they did um a lot of emotional heartfelt moments that kind of pull at the heart and rip it out of your soul right kind of moments and the 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 awesome themes of calcestis sprinkled throughout this is this is what a AAA game deserves, a soundtrack like this. And, you know, and it, it, a lot of this stuff comes from the first game, Fallen Order, and, you know, they sprinkle in like the rest of Star Wars, right? You you always have these themes from different characters that play throughout, like the Han and Leia theme and stuff in the original trilogy and the Force theme and all that sort of stuff. So them inventing the, the Cal Kessis theme and its kind of camaraderie, the companionship of you and your buddies on the Stinger Mantis, really really hits home. Um, but, I mean, throughout all the years, I mean, my earliest memory of a Star Wars game, of course, here we go again, Shadows of the Empire. You know, i am not trying to make this like the soundtrack show by Steve, uh, um, <laughs> Collins over there, David Collins. It's a great podcast oh, cool. he used to do. But, uh, you know, Shadows of the Empire had a great theme there. Knights of the Old Republic, the original RPG, yeah. Something that was stuck in my head for years, it still pops up every once in a while, right? So, Star Wars, up until now, I feel like it definitely deserved this award because those soundtracks they go above and beyond what a normal video game requires to make these oh, things yeah. like the movie esque you know, quality. Yeah, you
2: know what? Though? You know what's funny about that? And I was just spent, What was I just watching the other day? The um, the Empire of Dreams documentary, which is one Pretty of my favorite documentaries. Yeah, and they talked about how the first Star Wars movie won, like, or were nominated for 10 Oscars, won seven or whatnot. And you talk about Grammys, how you're shocked that you don't hear, like, they're, they're not winning more. That's the thing. Star Wars have been getting robbed in a lot mm-hmm. of these award shows, whether it comes to Grammys or uh, Emmys or, you know, um, Oscar nominations, because, like, for, for the music should be nominated every year. Without without question, for for sound design, for um, technical whatever, it should be in a never. It's it's appalling, and it's shocking, like you said, to hear that this got a, got a Grammy because I don't really watch award shows like that anymore. But to hear that this finally won something, where I I, sh- I should have been thinking the logic should tell you Star Wars should be winning a lot of soundtrack awards all the time, like especially for like video games because they're always great. So you're, it it is shocking, and I'm glad they finally got a win.
1: Oh yeah, like like the um this game getting a win is awesome, just because it's like hey Star Wars getting more more recognition, also like reinforcing that like hey Star Wars is so good at storytelling with its music. So like it's great that like this is getting identified in such a way for a really good game versus like it being a good soundtrack on a bad game. So it's good that um that you know this game won it this way and then like you know um like in general like these star wars games
2: they have like a lot of them have really good soundtracks like you know i've been playing the force unleashed soundtrack is so good Mm. yep i mean that that game well first of all that game's iconic facts but Mm. like that whole soundtrack is fire i mean i want to use a different word but this is you know a podcast trying to be you know somewhat reasonable (laughs) But like it is so fire. So right there, that's another soundtrack that should have won an Oscar, or an Emmy or a Grammy. Um, you think about Shadows of the Empire. Yep. You think about the Revenge of the Sith game. I mean, that's oh, just yeah. the prequel movie music. That should have won easily. Oh, I gotta sound a Grammy. Yeah.
1: Even even um, you know, back in the days, um, you know, I've been playing through Star Wars Battlefront two lately, yes. I'm Almost done with the campaign no. and like that game Not about that that, that yeah. game is Wait, are you so talking good about in, like, the new one? Well, I'm talking about the um 05 one. Cuz the 05. new one
0: has uh, I was just about to say the new one's soundtrack. I didn't think you were going to say the
2: old
0: one. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm I was saying, saying both of like, them.
1: Oh yeah, the old one's really good um because like they have they have some good soundtracks on there like um like when you're attacking the temple as the clones and stuff like it's like a good like it's like a really eerie soundtrack, you know, cuz it's like it's you know the level's literally called nightfall um and you know, it's, like, this real eerie soundtrack and whatnot. Like, you know, there have been good soundtracks on there. Like, heck, even when you go to Felucia, like, you know, it's, like, a real, like, kind of, like, jungleistic soundtrack and whatnot. So, like, that's a that's a good soundtrack. Um, and then, of course, like you mentioned, Chris, like, the soundtrack on Battlefront 2, the newer one's good. Um, but, yeah, like, Star Wars video games have been, I think, really good in general with their soundtracks. Um, for the most part, because, like, Star Wars knows its Music is part of its storytelling, so like they're good at applying soundtracks to moments in games that need music.
0: Yeah, the the music is a character, as they say, right? The music is a character. It's moment pushing pushing the story forward. Um, you know, it, it's there to augment the feelings, whether it's being exhilarated in a moment of battle or you know, slow down romantic time, whether we like them or not. In Attack of the Clones, you know, across the stars two triumphant moments of, you know, trepidation and that feeling of anxiousness that is awaiting you as you're going to drop into the Sarlacc pit, the pit of uh, Great Carcoon. Um, like, that is another amazing moment. Like, just Luke jumping off and the perfect timing of the music. Like, how can he not be hyped after a moment like that? It just... It's just great that we're getting that acknowledgement. Oh, for sure. Like, music... Music, um,
1: for Star Wars is definitely like as big of character as any Star Wars character you know on screen. Like it's it's great seeing music be this this impactful. Like especially for like a game game at that. Like that's that's um that's a really great thing. And like you know music in in mediums like this, it's just you know there are certain franchises when you when you watch a movie, like some music. It's just forgettable. Like you don't even remember the music when you when you listen when you um when you uh, don't even you know you know when you're not watching it you don't remember the music from from certain things like you know think about even just under like the Lucasfilm umbrella we have Indiana Jones like mm. that theme song or even say under the spiel under the um John Williams umbrella like you know Indiana Jones you have Jaws you have Superman you have Jurassic Park all those things that I just listed off if you've seen them before you're probably automatically thinking of the soundtracks because, like, those soundtracks are as good as the character. I mean, like, John think, think about,
2: about Harry like, Potter.
1: Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter, that's an excellent one, too. Harry that's Potter is moved, great. Bro.
0: Yeah, it is. I am going to say you got Harry Potter. That's what I mean. Um, like, another game, a Harry Potter game was a nominee on this list. It could have easily been the Harry Potter game.
2: <laughs> yep. So...
0: But, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, so so there you have it. Star Wars brings home a Grammy. Maybe Outlaws will bring home a Grammy number two next year. We shall see. Um, But, yeah, it's going to do it for Outer Rim Transmission number 139. We had some really thoughtful things to say on this one for sure. Uh, Great stuff all around the the virtual table here. I want to thank you guys for joining me on another Another fine time here on Outer Rim Transmission. I'm going to remind the chat here uh, that next week we're going to have a slightly different recording time. Um, So you'll see a preview of our stream going onto the channel here to give you a reminder. I'll also send it out on Twitter uh, so you guys will be prepared. If you'll be reminded, it's going to be at night at some point. (laughs) It's just going to nail down a day and who's going to be all able to be on. But we'll be back in some capacity talking about a fun thing next week and i don't usually talk about what we're talking about next but being it is a super bowl you can come prepared to listen to us talking about sports and star wars to some degree so whether it be pod racing or hut ball or some other things i have to dig up on the good old Wikipedia, we're going to be talking about it next week on the show so get ready for that it's going to be a fun time around this place so where can people find you milton
2: I think you can find me on Twitter at or X at Milton Weber seven or Instagram at Milton seven Weber. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I really enjoyed Carl Weathers as an actor. Um, his legacy is always going to be intact in, in my head. So sad day for the world, sad day for his family, but it's also a good day to celebrate and to remind people of how great he was not only as you know a character actor, but someone who was very impactful in the community of Star Wars.
0: Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good. Ben? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can
1: echo all those sentiments. Um, For me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at RealBenMaynard. I'm always talking Star Wars or fitness or sharing nostalgic memes on Instagram. And this week, I don't really have too much going on other than just, like, the basic, you know, basic fitness stuff. And then I've just been slowly... Um, watching through Arrow, like I'm on season Ooh. three right now. I'm just just got in two, three episodes in. Right when um, some stuff happens to Sarah, so it's oh. it's uh it's definitely some good definitely some good uh good vibes with Arrow season three, especially because this is where the League of Shadows start to get involved. Oh. And and it's so good. And like even you know since we're since we're on the outro, um like even in Arrow, the 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 music is the character because like. The League of Shadows, went or the League of Assassins, um, League of Assassins, term, League of Assassins, yeah, League of Assassins. They, um, they have their own theme, and when you hear their theme, like you hear the theme before you see them, but like you know it's them coming. So it's like it's cool, just like even in that show, the music is its care is is a character. So like uh-huh. it's just cool seeing like you know music be a character even across all spectrums, not just Star Wars. But, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to be up to this week, just slowly watching through Arrow season three in the evenings.
0: And speaking of which, this is as perfect as a layup as I can get because I have recently completed Suicide Squad, which is another DC property, and I'll be reviewing it out over on my blog at StarRaptor.substack.com. So get ready for that. I'm going to start writing that up ASAP. And I also play through Gotham Knights, which has a lot of League, Asa- League of Assassin stuff with Ra- Ra's al Ghul and Talia ghoul Ghul. So I am very much steeped into the mythos of DC right now. Because I went from literally one game to the next and it's it's great to be back in Gotham, Metropolis, Batman, Superman, everybody in between. So I'm having a good time over there. So expect me to talk some DC later on in the week over on that platform. And, as I said off the top of the show, very special show we're having over on the Star Wars Underworld on our Tractor Beam weekly show. Me and Matthew are going to be sitting down virtually with the writer of the Bounty Hunter series, which has concluded Ethan Sachs, who is also writing the upcoming Django Fett miniseries. Yes, I get to pick this guy's brain about my favorite prequel character. So be ready for it. It's going to be awesome. Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, I'll shout that. I'll, I'll shout that from the rooftops all over... The internet. Um, so be ready for that. So that is going to do it for us. You can follow me over on Twitter at Raptor and subscribe, of course, and hit that bell notification because it's more important than ever for this week because we are going to be going live at a different time. So be ready for that. For Milton, for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Raptor, that's going to do it for us here with the Outer Rim Transmission, episode 139. May the force be with you. Be peace. Good night, everybody.